podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. So it's all for play for still? I think so. Do you want to bet against us? Hi villains and welcome to For the Love of Paul McGrath podcast. It seems like it's been an absolute age since we last had Premier League football and I'm delighted it's going to be back this weekend. Albeit that I'd prefer if it was a team other than Chelsea, but judging by some of the comments, I see you guys put in the comments already that people seem to be a small bit uh, optimistic about this. And I suppose I would be optimistic, but I'd like uh, I'd like a different team. The reason being is because as Evan Paddy were just talking talking offline there, we haven't a bloody clue what we're going to get from Chelsea <laughs> because we don't have a clue. There's no way I would be confident in naming even six guaranteed starters for Chelsea, never mind trying to name their first 11. Isn't it good that we don't have to worry about it? And, and uh, Professor Unai Emery will be uh, on the case, I'm sure, and he'll be watching who comes back from international duty and how we're doing. But mm. uh, yeah, I suppose I suppose the only one place to start is that we we've lost a player who was on international duty, and and we've uh, we we've seen there's going to be an injury to Maddie Cash, which is going to rule him out for the next few games, unfortunately, and a big few games for him. I'm sure he would have loved to be playing against Forest, um, his old club, so he misses that opportunity. But look, these these things happen with international duty, I suppose, and it's a it's a good job we have some able. Uh, able um, replacements to step in there. Yeah, it, it seems to have been a right-back injury fest, I think, over the course of the last um, or the last few weeks because Reese James is going to be out as well for, for Chelsea. That's one thing I do know uh, is that he is going to be out because he, uh, he was injured again as well. But yeah, on the Matty Cash piece, look, it was one of those ones that um, just a, a nasty injury. Like when I say a nasty injury, it was just one of those kind of annoying injuries more so than anything else that he got. It was mm. a great two calf strain. Probably going to be out until I think they said probably for the next three four games. Bubakar Kamara isn't likely to be back for this game either. Um, so we'll still be playing with what I would imagine would be that narrow midfield. And to be honest with you, that midfield coming or the the two players that went down international duty that are going to be coming back into that midfield in the likes of John McGinn and uh, and Jacob Ramsey they can hold their heads high anyway after the last uh, last week they've had because Jacob Ramsey captaining um captaining his country and uh, John McGinn having one of the most remarkable results I think of the whole um the whole international break winning 2-0 against Spain so they're going to be two guys who are going to be right on top of their their confidence levels and that, that only bodes well for Villa absolutely um yeah and with, with with one pointless journey as well I suppose I mean Buendia going to Argentina and not playing any football not such a bad thing in that he won't be uh he w- he'll be fresh, but I would have preferred he got some minutes out there because he probably deserves to to get a run out. But that's life. Um, yeah, it's I haven't I haven't watched a whole pile of of uh, of the games. I, I watched Scotland all right last night, um, and obviously I went to the two Ireland games over the last week or so. But uh, other other than that, I've been taking a break and getting some 
valuable work <laughs> time done <laughs> while there was downtime from football. But yeah, the games are going to come thick and fast. We have a game Saturday, game Tuesday, and then a game the following Saturday. So uh, I'm sure we're going to have a busy 10 days podcasting, Neil. Yeah, well, there's no rest for the wicked in case some of you guys haven't seen. If any of you guys are interested in hearing me wonder about uh, about some right backs and right back type players that might that I think that Unai Emery might be interested in, you can go back and watch the scouting series that I did, all episodes one to five. Um, and there'll be some names that you might know, there'll be some names you mightn't know in, in there, but I like that exercise and it was nice and fun. And also last night, we had uh, a podcast with the Academy of AVFC, who you'll see on uh, on Twitter, the the man who spends all his time cataloging the Academy. So you can go back and you can watch those if you haven't seen those already. Or I if, enjoyed that if, one. Uh, I listened to that mm, one on the way home from work today. I enjoyed it. Yeah, he's, he's a good man. And we're going to try and get him on more and more often um, over the course of the off-season and into next season as well. It's something we wanted to do for this season. And I had it all lined up, but... Um, it was just uh, work commitments. I think for both of us, didn't allow it to happen. But getting back onto, I suppose, uh, th- this game at the weekend, this Chelsea game at the weekend, and obviously, look, the biggest thing for Chelsea is that they've gone. They've spent like drunken sailors, and the results have come back. So far, the results have come back, and they've been pretty underwhelming based on the facts that they there was a time period where you thought they might never win again. It was draw after draw after draw after draw, and then. They won, and then they drew again against Everton. And it's going to take time for them to click together, if they ever click at all. But when you look at the team that they had out against Everton, uh, Kepa was in goals. You had Fofana, Koulibaly, Badishi. How would you pronounce them? Badishile, is that how you pronounce it? Uh, ben Chilwell. Badishile, I think, yeah. Enzo Fernandez, uh, Reese James, Havertz, Felix, and Pulisic. All of them, bar Kepa, if I'm not mistaken, were on international duty. So the what, what I'm, and even if they weren't, even if somebody else wasn't, what I'm getting at here is that how is Graham Potter going to be able to gel that team when he spent two weeks away from them? Is what I'm saying. In comparison, well, that, to the Villa team. That's, that's the important thing from from our point of view. Mm. So we we got the the vast majority of our team playing friendlies, training together. Um, they've got a bit of a break as well. I saw Tyrone Mings out playing golf in Portugal. You know, absolutely brilliant. Great to get a few days off as well at this time of year. So our, our guys should be fresh enough, but then again, not going into the game cold either. Um, there was a mixture of first team and, and underage playing against Bristol City Friday, was it? Mm. I think it was Friday. And then they were back in uh, they were back in Bodymore Heat again today. Back, back to reality training. So... Um, we'll start to see the likes of Emmy Martinez and Emmy Buendia come back tomorrow with John McGinn. Um, and yeah, we should be we should be into a full uh, complement of players by tomorrow. Yeah, and that's look. I suppose Una Emery. We've seen that Una Emery did with forty eight hours training against Manchester United. Let's get him back into the into the uh, into Bodymore for forty eight hours, and let's get him get him through the paces again. But um, I think realistically, when you look at this Chelsea team, you know Graham Potter. I th- I think it's I think it's fair to have a discussion about him because you know he was the boy wonder of English football, and he should still be because he didn't turn into a, a bad coach overnight. Um, and that's for damn sure. But uh, Villa fan himself, Graham Potter. But I think one of the biggest things that's that's kind of maybe gone wrong for him, or not even gone wrong for him, one of the things that he hasn't fully um, 
kind of stamped on yet in, in, in this Chelsea system is that, you know, that midfield diamond that he played all the time at Brighton. It was synonymous with his play at Brighton, really, was that midfield that midfield diamond where he would um, try and dominate the possession in the centre of the pitch. Um, it allowed him to control the tempo tempo of games. But the big thing was that he'd found the he'd found the players in that diamond that were able to create the chances by you know quick passing, quick movement, and. It, ju- it just hasn't translated into this Chelsea team. And it bloody should because you've got brilliant players in there, like Zakovacic, as I mentioned before, who else? Enzo Fernandez. You've got, like, no disrespect to Brighton. You've got players at a level different, a, a better level of, of player in here at Chelsea. And it just hasn't clicked yet. Um, that midfield, Paddy, is, I suppose, is where I'm going to go to. Like, while it's got better players in it than we do, I definitely think it's an area that we can compete in at the weekend. And I think I think we if we go and compete in that midfield area, even even win maybe like even win at 60-40, I think we'll go and we'll win the game because it's such a big part of his tactical setup. Yeah, look at you'll have you'll have Kovacic and Fernandez and uh Fernandez, yeah, kind of sitting in front of that. Five when they're defending is, is is what it changes to, and then Pulisic and Felix, they're they're not really work workhorses that are going to come back and do mm. the work, so there, there'll be plenty of space there I would imagine, but I w- I would imagine we'll do a lot of the damage down the wing. I I think that's I think that's how to get at these because if if we if we can hit them on the break with the two the two go I don't know who's going to play on the right now with with, with James uh, injured. But uh, certainly Chilwell will definitely play on the left because they've another injury at left back, haven't they? He's the only fit one there, I think, at the moment. Um, can't remember who the other one was. Cucurella, is it? Cucurella, Cucurella my favourite. Cucurella. Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, he'll he'll be he well. God knows who's going to play. Well, well, Cucurella, Cucurella is fit apparently, according to this that I'm reading here. So he he might play on the right hand side, will he? Uh, could do, yeah, yeah. They plop him anywhere, anywhere. As long as he's on the team, I'm absolutely delighted. Yeah. Sorry, it was Aspilicueta. I was thinking of that's that's injured. So yeah, yeah. So they know Thiago Silva, Sterling, Aubameyang, Mount, Mendy, Aspilicueta, or Broja. So long. If if we had that injury list, we'd be in severe trouble with our squad. Mm. But uh, it's um, look, it, it's it's there for the taking. Where I wouldn't be um. I wouldn't be overawed by playing Chelsea, especially in the form that we're in. And it's one that I'd really love to win just for the simple fact is that we get into the top half of the table and they can't fucking catch us till Tuesday. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> one of the things, Paddy, one of the things that, that, that's been spoken about, I think he's come back over the course of the, of the uh, international break is N'Golo Kante. I'm going to be honest. There were times this season where I completely forgot he existed. And I and, and I you know that's almost sacrilege because he's been probably one of the best um, holding midfielders in the Premier League since Claude McAuley. Um, he might be back as well, and that might change the whole dynamic of that midfield. You know, with Fernandez, mm. Kovacic, uh, Kovacic kind of lineup. It may even allow Graham Potter to play more of a, a resolute diamond in there. Um, do you think he might get some game time? You know, or is it pretty too soon for him? Hard to know, really. But. You'd have to think it's probably a bit too soon. It, it all depends, you know. What, what I, I don't imagine there's any more players coming back injured from from what I've read. So it's 
it's as you were. Um, whether he puts Kante straight back in there, I'm not too sure. Um, I think it might take a little bit of game time. He, he might he might play him, um, maybe for the last twenty minutes in games just to get him up to speed. It's probably he's after been out for so long. It's probably a little mm. bit too soon to throw him back in to start with. So it, that's not something I'd be immediately worried about. I'd say we'll be focusing on the team that finished against Everton and whoever fits in for Dan James is more than likely Cucurella. Uh Reese James, yeah, and Reese James, sorry. Who uh, obviously they went on that spending splurge as I mentioned previously, and you know they they like there's a temptation for the football fan at large to turn around and go, oh god, I hope they kept their seats for some of those players, you know, because uh, they spent a lot of money and the return in the short term return arguably hasn't been there. Who do you think has been the one that's that's panned out the best for them, Paddy? Since uh, I haven't watched a, a pile of them since the since the transfer window closed, but who do you think is the one that's panned out the best for them so far? Um, well, I think Felix is probably the one that's got the most amount of games of those that have come in. If if uh, if I'm not mistaken, um, like he came in in January, he's nine goals and yeah, uh, nine games and two goals in those nine games. Um, he's probably been the best of what I've seen. Um, I suppose their biggest disappointment has to be Mudridge. I, I, I haven't seen him have a decent game since he came in. Um, I know Carney is there, but he, he's a lot further back than, than these guys that come in in, in the in the winter mm. transfer window. I wouldn't be uh, I wouldn't be surprised to see Carney in there at some stage. He has he has started getting the odd 15, 20 minutes uh, in there. I know he only got five minutes against Everton and they, they went and threw away the three points when, when they started making yeah. subs. Um, they brought on Loftus Cheek, Chabala. Ch- is that how you say his name? Chalaba, Chalaba, and uh, and and Carney obviously, and they they conceded an injury time to cost them the three points. So, um, they're not settled. They could definitely be got at. Um, and I I'm I'm hoping that a couple have come back with niggles and injuries. You know that that will disjoint them a little bit more. Um, given the fact that they'll only have three days with, with everyone together to get it right for the weekend. Paddy, did you say Raheem Sterling was injured? I did, yeah. Okay, no, because no, I was just thinking, because it's just mind overactive there, and it was I was trying to think who would play at that right-back position mm. or who potentially could come in there, because he has no, fitted match, in as a right The match is on the 1st of April, and it says he's due back early April. <laughs> that would be very early April, the 1st of April. Very early April. Yeah, That'd yeah. be very early April, but no, I was just thinking there then that uh, he could be a surprise addition, and you know, I'd hate to have him as a wing back there because uh, against this Villa team, not that like not that this Villa team won't be able to to contain him, but it just gives another rapid um, attacking threat there, and like this when this Chelsea team clicks, if it ever clicks, it could be frighteningly good because of all that talent that they have there, but you know. You, we've seen this before with Chelsea when Chelsea had the likes of, um, you know, Shevchenko, Torres, Crespo, Mutu, all these brilliant strikers that they brought in. And, and, and yes, look, there was goals scored by those guys, but it took them a long time to kind of start revving the engine when they got to Chelsea, even though in some instances, like Torres, previously at Liverpool, he couldn't stop scoring. So sometimes there is a little bit of a handbrake effect with new players that come into the, come into the Chelsea squad. Uh, at times, specifically when they start to splurge um, in, in situations like that. And long may I continue at least until the 2nd of April anyway. Um, looking towards the Villa team, Paddy, um, 
we're we and and you know we try and stay away from talking too much about the Aston Villa team in these previews. The reason being is because we've got the team sheet tantrum and we've focused almost solely on on the Villa team then. But uh, like obviously we mentioned that Maddie Cash is going to be out. We we talked about Ashley Young being the able replacement there, and we would I would imagine he's going to be the man that's going to going to get the um. It's gonna gonna get the opportunity, but Diego Carlos is back now. Obviously, not back at full fitness. Um, he's obviously gonna come into the bench, come in on the bench uh, again, and it gives us that option to be able to move an Ezri Kanza out to out to right back, um, or, and bring Diego Carlos in there. It, just that one player coming into the team. Obviously, if Matty Cash was fit, and this is hypothetical, that one player coming back into the team. It gives us a nice rounded number of players, I think, albeit we're missing a striker. But from midfield back, I think I think we've got a very nicely rounded squad size now when you think about Diego Carlos coming back. And it's it's just strange that one player coming back could could even everything out. Mm. Well, I th- I think the big the big well I I don't think we're gonna see Ezri Conza starting a right back. I'll I'll oh. put that I'll put that on the table straight away. But I wouldn't I wouldn't rule out that if, if Ashley Young was out of puff after 70 minutes that that could be the the move but the the one the elephant in the room here is that we were more or less told that Bubakar Kamara would be fit for Chelsea so we we'll have to wait obviously until we we hear from Unai on uh, what does he do at Thursday or Friday I'd away matches does, Thursdays, does Thursdays doesn't he yeah. for away matches I know I think Stan so. Bardell is off to do a couple tomorrow um I think Unai is tomorrow as well yeah not the Bardell isn't doing it, but um, <laughs> yeah. um, but that seems to be what he does. So we, we'll have a better idea tomorrow because they normally travel to away matches the, the the night before. But being a half five kickoff and only London, may, maybe they won't. I've, I've no idea uh, how I, we used to have a good idea as time went on with managers and what Gerard used to do and what what the previous managers did, but um, I've no idea what, what Emery does um, other than the fact that we see his press conference um, coming in a bit earlier for away matches. So we'll, we'll find out probably tomorrow or Friday anyway. But it would be great to have Kamara back. I, th- I think that would be the biggest boost that we could get ahead of, with this fixture. I think to have him back in there beside Dougie Louise would really make my weekend. The next question I'm going to ask Paddy, and it's not a. Uh, uh, I'm going to mention somebody's name, but I don't want you to discuss him. I want you to discuss the other person's, the other person. Okay, and you'll know who I don't want you to discuss. I will discuss the the the, the positive, the player that went for went to Colombia uh, or went away with Colombia and scored his first international goal. Do you think he's going to start instead of a man who went to Jamaica <laughs> on, on international <laughs> duty recently? Uh, short answer is no. Um, and I, I just feel that it will, you know, who knows, maybe Forrest next week might be the one to throw him in there from the start. Mm-hmm. Um, just, just to put up that something different. I think he's, he sees him as a little bit naive for a big game like Saturday. And it, don't don't get me wrong, this is a huge game. I yeah. reckon if we, if, we, if we get ahead of Chelsea this weekend, we could stay ahead of them. That's, that's the way I'm thinking anyway. I'm keeping the fingers and everything crossed. I'd, I'd love to finish ahead of Chelsea. Um. But it's it's a huge game. It's a huge game. I think he needs to get right. And uh, yeah, I don't remember us having too much change out of Chelsea in recent years. So it would be nice to go and get a a, a good win there. Um, not that I'm predicting a win or anything. I'm still still a little bit apprehensive of of what Chelsea have to offer. I think anything is possible. 
But I think it's as good a time as any to go and get three points out of them or, or definitely get a, a draw over. But get get Kamara back in there and I'd be very, very happy. And with Fulham playing playing Bournemouth, I know Bournemouth are second last in the table, but Fulham having their, having their players banned um, mm. at the moment as well. They're away at Bournemouth. We know how difficult it was to go to Bournemouth. They may not get a win there. We could jump into ninth position with a win at Chelsea, but we don't <laughs> want to get too uh, head out over the skis at the moment. But as John Steele says, at least Emery won't say that uh, we should be expecting Chelsea to wipe the floor with us and like the clown who was in charge just the last time we played him. Um, and I think that that's the real kind of overarching feature here is that I've been saying it time and time again that we've been doing these is, you know, you can have a genuine um, kind of hand-on-heart expectation to go and win games 1-0 um because that that for me is, is and that for me is really important because that breeds confidence because it, you're confident in the manager's ability to be able to set you up correctly and as Miles Maris says there absolutely if Kamara is back definitely Buendia goes into Bailey's position with McGinn going back into the into onto the right hand side and uh, Jacob Ramsey on the left oh absolutely and that for me is the that's the chef's kiss I, ho- I hope that happens because if it does I think that absolutely allows us to control the midfield um, at the weekend, and I definitely think that um, uh, I definitely think that that is uh, that is something that Aston Villa will try and do. Uh, John Steele says and reminds us as well that Aston Villa have won more games than Chelsea this season. Yeah, we've won eleven; they've won ten, um, and we've both played the same amount of games. And one thing I think Aston Villa eking out one nil wins and two nil wins and stuff like that, or one nil wins, should I say, and two one wins is great. We had a couple of a couple of games for our goal difference took a bit of a beating we're still minus four at the moment so it's just galling sometimes to see that you know you can't get ahead of Chelsea because they have this they have a better goal difference than you so like anything we do chip away on them at the weekend if we do win also kind of flips the narrative on that as well it's a it's almost a six pointer if you want to call it uh, from that point of view so it's going to be a really interesting game I'm really looking forward to it now saying that Paddy the last time and I'm going to talk about expectation management the last time we played Chelsea, I'm sorry, not the last time we played them, but I remember last year we played Chelsea, should I say. It was last season, not last year. It was 2021, and I think it was August or September, and we played Chelsea and Lukaku. We went to three at the back under Dean Smith. Do you remember that? And I was on the phone to you. I was doing I was doing the team sheet tantrum from the back of uh, Mike DePuy's pub in Listowel. <laughs> and... Uh, <laughs> and Villa held Chelsea miraculously in the first half and I think it was whatever but Lukaku kind of came into his own what I'm trying to get at here is that you know you, you have to kind of you know when you play against this Chelsea team you have to kind of legislate for the fact that they'll always, they're always going to have quality and, and you know it's it's a case whereby I'm delighted that our team is so settled at the moment that we should we should be able to deal with the expectation management that will be coming from Unai Emery and also from the fans because I think the away fans are going to go there kind of semi kind of rubbing their hands in glee going we can have a crack off these guys and isn't it a great position to kind of be in as well at the same time absolutely look we're we're being spoiled at the moment but we're going to be spoiled even more as as signings start to come in the door and 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 Emery gets his men in, so look we we we've got to treat these last whatever amount of games as as a bonus and a learning process where where 
Emery will come in and learn absolutely everything about the players that he has at his disposal. And we'll see who he wants to ship ship in and ship out come June, July. And uh, it's, it really is an exciting time to look forward to. And I, f- I find I'm not getting too up or too down about it. Obviously, winning is great. But the, the, I'm not as down about losing games. and Not that we've lost too many, in fairness. But... Uh, yeah, it's it, it's just look, we've we've got exciting times ahead. It we'll we'll enjoy letting him figure figure out who he wants to keep and who he wants to, who he can get a tune out of going forward. But uh yeah, we are gonna we're gonna see changes, obviously enforced now with, with Maddie Cash. Um we we we'll see what way he manages this one. I, I don't see any other way other than uh, uh Ashley Young come in there and uh have absolutely full confidence in it. Yeah, I think I'm the same. I, I've, I've got, I've got an, an air of expectation, I suppose, about this of hope and expectation. I think about this game at the weekend, and it's a later game. It's a half five kickoff, if I'm not mistaken. And um, who's refing it, Paddy? Did I see? Is there been a ref assigned oh. to it yet? There How is. We always struggle to find referees. Andrew Medley. Andy Medley. Yeah. What do you think, Paddy? <laughs> I've given up talking about referees. It's it's pointless. Same shit, different nappy. <laughs> Same shit, different nappy. Exactly. Yeah. Um, what I found unusual is that they have them all named out for the next week or so. With Graham Scott on Tuesday, and uh, oh sorry, it wasn't. I thought it was one now for Forest, doesn't it? No. We'll save our ire for the Forest for the team sheet tantrum for Forest in front of the whole then Paddy. Um, because uh, in case anybody doesn't know myself and Paddy are going to be over to watch Forest, um, and I am licking my lips at that, and I'm licking my lips at this game as well, um, coming up, and also Leicester. We might, need, the we might need to stay well away from Villa Park to record it because we won't get any coverage on our phones. <laughs> well, we did. Remember, remember, we we came out of the chairman's meeting the last time, and we found out that young Tim was after was was in the starting lineup, and we found. The one spot just in between the two, the door. So as you come in the the whole pub, there's the front door, and then you kind of come in through a, kind of a lobby, and then there's another door there. And I found if I stood right in that door, I had perfect reception. But if I went either side of it, it was absolutely gonzo. So at least we know one place we can get reception anyway. If we need to do it, uh, we just have Fair to block enough. everybody else uh, coming in that door. Yeah. <laughs> But uh, yeah, listen. Look, I think that's really going to kind of do it for, do us for tonight. As I say, it's um, it's an interesting game. I, I'm I'm actually really liking Aston Villa Twitter at the moment. I'm really liking all the engagement you guys give us as well. There's a there's a there's an air of pride again about the club, and we've mentioned I've mentioned this before. There's an air of pride about the club. There's an air of of uh, you know fighters' chance that this club has uh, as well, and 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 that's that's come from recent results. And, and you know, results speak for themselves, specifically under Mr. Emery. So long may it continue and hopefully it continues into this weekend as well. So with that, everybody, I just want to remind you as well. Um, oh, yes, actually, Matt Hanlon, thank you so much uh, for your super chat. I really, really appreciate that. Um, next week, I'm going to be doing a little bit of uh, a kind of scouting series and center halves that, that might interest Aston Villa. I've got two or three in at the moment. If anybody has any suggestions for people you'd like to, like me to look at, I've got one in already. I think his name is K. I can never pronounce his name. He's the, the Brazilian young youngster from Almeria. Is it Kiki or Kaiki? I can never remember how to pronounce his name. 
Um, anybody got any suggestions about, for any of the scouting pods for any center halves that you'd like me to do? Um, and no, if you do suggest Nathan Collins, I'm not going to buy you a point just because you know I love Nathan Collins and I've purposely left him out of this uh, center halves uh, scouting series because uh, I because I, um, I, I, I do myself an injury watching him again. Um, he's, a, he's not a center half, but just, just to tell people that I watched... Camavinga playing the other night in the flesh and oh my god for 20 years of age is this guy a footballer oh absolutely incredible to watch a guy that's so switched on moving with every pass absolutely outstanding one of the best players I've ever seen in that position some people around me didn't agree <laughs> I, I just couldn't take my eyes off the movement of, of the man oh my god so I, I hope he falls out with uh with Real Madrid and, and we, we get to nick him in the back door. I could just imagine him with Bubakar Kamara letting Douglas Louise move on a little bit and maybe alternate them every now and again. But if I had one signing to, to make, that would be it. Oh, I just thought he was absolutely incredible to watch. Yeah, he was. And that was an enjoyable game, actually. The Irish Fran- Ireland-France game. Um, when guess who nearly scored in the very last minute to level it up for Ireland? You got it. Uh, Nathan Collins only for an absolutely wonderful save from the French goalkeeper. Um, but it was an, a thoroughly enjoyable game. And, and Camavinga was really good. And, uh, still, still he gave... irk with me that he couldn't be an our player, Neil. Still who? Nathan Collins? Nathan Collins. <laughs> yeah, look, I mean, that, that would have been one of the other things we would have been saying. You know what? Stephen Gerrard wasn't half bad. <laughs> that day he was sitting in his kitchen. Anyway, um, <laughs> anyway, we're going to leave it at that, guys. Thank you so much uh, for all the support you've given to the podcast over the last couple of weeks. I know, um, you know, when there's no football on it, can be it, it can be uh, difficult. And look, everybody's lives going on at the same time. So I thank you so much for all the views and listens and everything else uh, and the interaction over the last couple of weeks. I'm looking forward to this week. This week is going to be absolutely manic, but I'm going to love every second of it. So thank you so much, everybody. Stay safe, stay healthy. And all that's left to say is up the villa. Up the villa. Podcast Network.